Well, good morning, church. It's good to be with you this morning. Uh, like Ricky said, I'm Jared. Uh, I'm on staff here, uh, and I get to do the middle school ministry, so we're going to jump in. So I have a question for you guys. Uh, how many of you guys have just eaten a ton of microwave food in your life, or maybe like in your college career? Okay, sweet. Thought I was going to be the only one. Uh, so this was my story. In college, this is what happened. Uh, our, our catering service, our food service at, at college was just absolutely terrible. Uh, and so this led me and my buddies to eat a ton, of or a ton of microwave food. And I kid you not, each week we'd probably have chicken breast three times a week. Uh, and it wasn't different chicken breasts. It was just painted a different color. And they said it was different. Um, but anyways, like I said, this led us to eat uh, just a ton of microwave food in our, in our college career. And so there was one day I was hanging out in our apartment and I went to the kitchen to make some corn dogs because that's what you do when you're a college student. Uh, and I asked the boys, I was like, hey, does anyone want a corn dog? Uh, so my buddy Stefan came in and he was like, yeah, I'll take one, but I can make it. Um, and so he proceeds, he, he comes and grabs a corn dog out of the box, throws it in the microwave, hits the button a couple times, and then starts it. Uh, and for those of you who have eaten a ton of microwave food, you know what happened. He didn't look at the box. He didn't see uh, how long to put it in for. And so I politely said, what are you doing? Um, and he said, what? I said, you didn't even look at the box. And so in this moment, I had two thoughts. I was like, this dude has had so many corn dogs in his life that he just knows. He just knows how long to put it in for. Um, and my other thought was, he's never looked at the box of, for anything. And how has he made it through life this far? So it turns out my second theory was the correct one, uh, which absolutely blew my mind as a guy who lived off uh, microwave food for three years. And so I asked him, I was like, dude, is, is everything you eat just terrible because you just put it in for a random amount of time? And he goes, well, yeah, it is, but it is microwave food. And I was like, okay, you have a point. Um, so I told him, I was like, dude, if you would have just taken a few seconds to look at the box uh, of the food you ate, the, you wouldn't have to eat garbage. And now, to you and me, this probably seems like a no-brainer. Uh, you know, we, we turn to the people who made the food to see how long it should be in for. Like with cake mixes out of a box, you look to the instructions. You don't just randomly throw ingredients together. Uh, or how to put, like, kids' toys together or furniture together. Um, and we do that because we want it to work the best, taste the best, look the best. And because we want it to be right, we rely on the one who creates it. And now, there's something in all of us that uh, we all want to be right. There's something in all of us that we just want it to be the best that it can be. And what I'm talking about is love. We want to experience love in the best possible way. And since we all want it to be right, we look to so many things to figure out how to love. So we look to songs, we look to movies. We all love those Hallmark movies that are around this time of year. Um, but in all of our desire to really know and experience love, we hardly look to the creator of love itself. And so if you guys want to open up your Bibles to 1 John 4, that's where we're going to be today. Uh, and I tell our students every single week, uh, if you don't have a Bible in front of you, you're not actually seeing God's word for yourself. So there's Bibles in the back uh, on that shelf. Those are our gift to you. If you guys don't have a Bible, feel free to grab one. Um, and we want you to see God's word for our yourself. We want you to see the observations, the things that we're pulling from the text for yourself, not just taking our word for it. And so we're going to be in 1 John, 1 John 4. And to give you guys some context about what we're covering today, uh, one, of the, 
the, the author of this book is John the Apostle, John the Disciple. He was one of the early church fathers, uh, and each disciple kind of has their own specialty. And so John's specialty is love. This is the big theme that he really focuses in on here. And so we're going to read verses 7 and 8. So look at that with me, please. So it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not, lo- does not love does not know God, because God is love. So John here points out that God is the source of love, that he is the very definition of love, which is our first observation from the text. So what does this mean? Well, first this means that love is who God is. Uh, We see this within the Trinity. God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit have this perfect, complete love within themselves. They have a perfect relationship where there's no envy, no jealousy. It is a perfect relationship. So this is, love is who God is. This also means that love is his nature. It is God's nature to show love to others because he had this perfect love within the Trinity And now he's inviting us into that love. It's his nature to show this love. And and just like he is inseparable, inseparable from fire, God is inseparable from loving people, from showing that love, because that is his nature. And lastly, what this means is that love uh, comes from God. Just like light comes from the sun, it's inseparable. God shows his love. Love comes from him since he is the creator of all things. He created it in love comes from him. And now at the end of verse 7, it says that whoever loves knows God. And I want to be clear here that John is not saying that people who don't know Jesus can't love. That's not what he's saying at all, because we do know people uh, can love if they don't know Jesus. So the, the sad fact about it is that there's a lot of non-believers, people who don't actually believe in Jesus, that actually love better than us Christians. Um, And I've met a ton of Christians that haven't been very loving, which I have definitely fallen into myself. But we shouldn't be surprised by this because all mankind, all of man, is made in the image of God. And despite the depravity and sinfulness of man, people will still give off reflections of the one whose image they bear. So since people are made in God's image, they can all love, but there is some limit. People who don't know Jesus can, in fact, love Uh, but they can only love to a certain point. Well, you're probably wondering, well, why? Why is that? Because you can only love as much as you are loved. People who have not accepted or experienced the love of God uh, through Jesus can't love in the same way that Jesus loved. They can't lay down their lives uh, like Jesus laid down his life. In other words, people who don't know Jesus can't love like him. But since we're believers... Uh, for those of us that do know Jesus, we can love like him. We can lay down our lives. We can sacrifice ourselves uh, like Jesus did. So since these people don't know the one who defines love, who is the very definition of love, their love will only go so far. So just like my buddy Stefan, who could only uh, enjoy his microwave, microwave food to a certain point because he didn't know the creator of the food, Uh, Just like that, if we do not know the creator, then we'll only be able to enjoy love, to love others uh, to a certain point without knowing God. So, but John doesn't end here. He goes on to say that God demonstrated this. If you guys want to look at verses 9 and 10, we'll look at those. 
So verse 9, it says, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. So the second observation that we see from the text is that God demonstrated this. We see the demonstration of love. John just doesn't end here with saying that, you know, God is the source of love. But he actually says, yeah, actually God demonstrated this. And so you guys have probably all heard stories of soldiers jumping on uh, grenades for their fellow soldiers. And as I was preparing, I found one of these stories. Uh, and it was, it was a, a Humvee full of five people. Suddenly, a grenade came flying in. Uh, and it was said in this article that this, uh, one of the soldiers who saw it first probably could have jumped out and saved his own life. But that's not what he decided to do. Instead, he decided to sacrifice himself so that these other soldiers might live. And so he jumped on the grenade, uh, and it exploded, and it killed him instantly, and, and the, father, the four others lived. Um, and this is an ex- a, a beautiful example of someone laying down their life for another person. And I don't want to downplay this story at all, uh, because the courage of this young man was truly amazing. He was a 19-year-old uh, guy. But this is what soldiers are supposed to do for one another. You see, soldiers are supposed to lay down their lives for the ones they're fighting uh, with, fighting next to. And you guys know what's more amazing? The fact that Jesus did this for the person that threw the grenade. That Jesus did this for the enemy. He jumped on the grenade for the person that threw it. He took the bullet that we deserved. Guys, God did this on such a bigger level, and you can read that. You can see that in Scripture. This is the God that we talk about every Sunday. This is the gospel that we preach every single Sunday. That's what we're about here at City Light. This is the God that John is speaking of in the text. And to give you guys some more context, John is speaking to a house church uh, just outside of Ephesus. And he's speaking to them because they don't have a copy of the New Testament. They don't have a physical copy of God's word. They have just word of mouth. So these false, false teachers are coming in and just like sharing their own thoughts, their own agendas, and trying to pull people away from Jesus. So John is trying to remind them, hey, I, John is the, or, uh, God is the source of love, and he actually demonstrated this. So that's what he's doing. And maybe this is your first time hearing this, the fact that Jesus, that God sent his son Uh, to die on a cross for you. Maybe this is your first time hearing that. Uh, But that's what we just celebrated on Christmas. That God became a man. He came down to this sin-filled earth also that you might live through him. And so why did he do that? Well, he did that because we have this debt to pay whether we realize it or not. All of us have been born into sin. We all deserve eternal damnation. We all deserve to go to hell because of the sins that we committed So God did this because we had this debt to pay. He loved us so much uh, that we have this debt. But maybe you're you're thinking, you know, I'm a good person. I mean, I've never killed anyone. I try not to lie. I give to charity. Uh, I go to church regularly. Um, I try to do good. Like, I feel like I'm a pretty good person. Well, I hate to tell you this, but that doesn't save you. You cannot uh, outweigh your bad deeds, outweigh your sins by good. And those things will not save you. Those things will not cut it. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
So that means every single person who exists except Jesus deserves death. We all deserve to be separated from God. But once again, John here is reminding us that God loved us so much so that he sent his son to die so that we might live through him. And guys, even if you have committed those sins, even if you've done horrible things, we all have sinned, uh, God forgives those. There is grace for that. And his hope is that you would experience this amazing love that he has. You see, God isn't forcing himself on you. He's not forcing you to love him, but he, he, he did write just the most beautiful and amazing love story ever written, also that you might see how much he loves you, that you might place your faith in him. And guys, he didn't do this because you have something to offer. Jesus didn't do this because you're lovable. He didn't do this because you have a ton of money that you can give towards the kingdom or because you got a bunch of kids that can help just like advance the gospel or because your resume looks good. No, he doesn't do this because we have things to offer him. He does this because this is his nature. He loves us because this is his nature. And guys, the reason that I bring this up is because this is how our culture views love. You see, our culture says, oh, this person gave me this certain feeling and I really liked it, so I'm going to love them back. Or this person gave me this, so I love them in return. No, that's not what God is doing at all. That's not how God's love works. See, just showing love is in God's nature. That's just who he is. And in verse 10, we see that. God didn't love us because we had something to offer. Verse 10, it says, In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. In fact, he died for us while we were cursing him. He died for us while we were throwing the grenade, while we were spitting on him, beating him, mocking him. That's when he died for us, while we were nailing him to the cross. Like, this is the love that he's offering to you that you all can experience. He showed us this on the cross. He demonstrated this. And maybe some of you guys are thinking, well, God's just like tolerating us. No, that's not it. That's, that's the wrong view. God isn't just tolerating us when he shows us love. Because the word tolerate or tolerance implies that God has a bad view of you and he's just putting up with it. That's not how God feels about you. He's actually crazy about you. He actually loves you. He has this deep passion for you. Uh, and he wants what's best for you. Which means that you can't work for it. Which means that you don't have to work for it. You don't have to do a ton of good things. You just have to place your faith in Jesus. And then you're, you're good. You see, you can't do anything to make God love you more or less. In verse, at the end of verse 10, it says that, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So this word propitiation here means that Jesus came to bear the punishment for our sin. He took on, we, he took on what we deserve. It means that Jesus came to bear that punishment. You see, God is holy uh, and perfect and just, and he has this hatred and wrath towards sin. And if he didn't, he wouldn't be a perfect and holy God. And so Jesus, God sent his son Jesus to take on this penalty for us. And see, when Jesus takes on this penalty, when you place your faith in Jesus, that wrath turns into favor. Because Jesus' favor is now on you. When God sees you, he sees your perfect, 
He sees you as perfect, just like he saw Jesus. Guys, this is the God of the universe that created all of this. He has this unbelievably deep love for you, and you can experience it. He wants you to walk through life diving deeper and deeper into this love. And he loves you so much so that he couldn't live without you, so he came down to earth so that he could die for you. That's how much he loves you. This is who God is. He delights in showing love. He delights in showing mercy. And he's not just sitting up in heaven waiting to catch you in sin. In fact, his heart actually breaks when that happens. Yes, there's anger towards the sin that you've committed, but when you place your faith in Jesus, that's not there anymore. He actually, like I said, his heart breaks, and so when you fall into a sin, God's heart breaks because he knows that that's not going to satisfy you. He knows that whatever that sin is, whatever you're placing your identity in, uh, it's actually just going to bring you a bunch of hurt and pain because it won't satisfy you. So church, you have to understand this. You have to understand how crazy God is about you. And so we see the definition of love. You know, like God is the definition of love. uh, And then we see this demonstrated. John doesn't John doesn't stop with just saying that he's the definition of love. He, he shows us, he reminds us that God actually demonstrated this by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross for you so that if you place your faith in him, uh, you can have eternal life. You can be with God. And th- but this doesn't stop there. So if you guys want to look at verses 11 and 12, John doesn't simply end there. So verses 11 and 12, it says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. So this doesn't just end with us realizing that we have this amazing love that God has for us. That do, it, just, it doesn't stop there, but it actually, this love that we experience should uh, go out. It should leave us. It, we should love others because of the love that's been shown for us. And that's actually what led me to choose this passage because I need to grow in my depth of the, like, the love that God has for me. I need to understand that deeper and deeper because if I can't do that, then I can't show other people love. If I am not plugged into the source, then I cannot actually love people well. So we're called to display this love, but there's no other way we can display this without being plugged into God, without knowing the love that God has for you. And so twice in this passage, uh, John uses the word beloved, and as I look this word up, what it means is w- one definition is worthy of love. And so it's this, this word beloved is also used elsewhere in Scripture in Matthew 3 when Jesus is getting baptized by John. And so in Matthew 3 it says, Immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. Behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. You see, guys, Jesus was so worthy of love because he was one with God. I mean, he was the epitome of an obedient son. He did everything perfectly. He was obedient to a point of death. So he deserved this. He deserved this love. But then Jesus went on the cross, and when the Father turned his face away from Jesus, uh, that made us beloved children. You see, because Jesus now, his blood now covered us. He made us worthy of love. 
So since Jesus took our place, we are now called beloved when we place our faith in Jesus. God now looks at you like he looks at Jesus. He now sees Jesus' perfection, and we can't keep that to ourselves. So John here is saying uh, that we need to display this love to others. We need to share this with others. And guys, we need, when, when we start to surrender to God, he, he begins to change our hearts. He begins to transform our lives to look like his. God begins to let us dive deeper and deeper into his love so that we can love others. It doesn't stop with us. And so since it becomes, uh, since it is God's nature to love, that becomes our nature. Just like it's a fish's nature to swim, uh, it, it becomes our nature to love others because that's God's nature. So not only do we, uh, does he have this amazing love for us, he actually lives in us and he makes us new. So when we become a new creation, when we place our faith in Jesus, we die to our old self and become a new creation, uh, which becomes uh, a new nature in us. We have a new nature. And loving others is actually how we're supposed to show, God, show God's love to others, and we see that in verse 12. Verse 12, it says, No one has ever seen God if we love one another God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. So when I first read this, Ricky and I were talking, hanging out, and I was like, this really doesn't make a lot of sense. Why would John throw this in here? Why is there this curveball in here? Uh, but after studying it, after reading and studying, it made a lot of sense. You see, John is writing this because he's saying, you don't have uh, Jesus anymore. Jesus isn't here on earth. You don't have the incarnate God with you, but you do have the Holy Spirit, and through that, you're supposed to show others love. It is your job as the church, uh, as believers, to show others love. So like I said, the disciples had Jesus uh, in the flesh and people of that time, but we don't now. We now have the Holy Spirit. So how are people supposed to see God? Uh, well, people are supposed to see God through us, by the love that we show them. We are the ones that are supposed to display this love. We have this message. We've heard the gospel, so we're supposed to share the gospel. It can't end with us. Guys, God doesn't need us, but he delights in using us. When we show love to others, we're actually pointing them to the one who truly defines love. We're pointing the one, them to the source of love. We're pointing them to the one who demonstrated this by dying on the cross. And can I just be the, the first one to say that I'm not good at this, that I struggle to love people. It is not easy. And if you're feeling the same way, uh, if you're feeling like maybe you've done a poor job at loving your spouse, you only kind of do things for them when they do things for you, or your kids, you just don't want them to bug you, uh, or your family just needs to mind your business and learn how to give cool gifts on Christmas, uh, or your coworkers are just weird, uh, and not doing a, a good job or just like bragging about themselves, being super prideful. Like if you're feeling that, can I just like remind you that there is grace for that? God, God died for that sin. And like I get it, loving people is hard and it's exhausting. Uh, but for you to grow in loving others, you can't just muster up the strength yourself to actually do it. You can't do it. If you're not plugged into the source, you're not going to be able to love others. It's, it is because you are looking to the source of love and diving deeper and deeper into that love that you will be, you will be able to love others. Well, like I said at the beginning, Ricky introduced, I'm on staff here with City Light, and I get to work with the middle school students. Uh, and it's been truly amazing to just sit back and see God 
few crazy things. So we, we've literally grown from zero. We had zero a year and a half ago, and now we have about 25 students between the high school and middle school ministry. And that's not because Alex and I's leadership. It's simply because God wants to move. God wants to bring people to him. Um, and so it's been awesome. But as I look back, there's definitely been days uh, in uh, like Wednesday nights when we have youth group where I've just struggled to love the students, where I've struggled to love our leaders and my wife well on those days. And as I, look in, as I looked into that pattern, it was because I wasn't diving deep into God's love. You see, uh, I, I wasn't being filled up with anything, so I couldn't actually give anything. And I'm sure most of you, if not all of you, have been in this place before. I, I'm sure we all have. Uh, and can I just remind you that like, God is joyfully, uh, like he wants you to come, just jump into his arms and experience his love. Like I said earlier, he doesn't want to just bring the hammer down on you because of the sins that you're committed. Um, So if you have put life on the back burner, run into the Father's arms. Ask him to to let you experience that love. Dive into his word to experience that love. And for those of you who haven't uh, maybe made Jesus your Lord and Savior yet, can I just encourage you uh, to stop pushing this off? Stop pushing off the love that God has for you, the love that he wants you to experience. What's stopping you from, from experiencing that now? And if, if that's the boat you're in, if you want to make that decision today, come talk to one of us. It's a, it's a huge deal. You're moving from death to life. You're, it's a huge deal. Come talk to one of the pastors. Talk to me. Talk to just someone you're sitting next to. If that's you, if you want to make that decision for yourself. And for those of you that are believers who are maybe struggling with this, like I said, you have to be plugged into the source uh, if you want to love others. So what I, I, my encouragement to you is just dive into his word. See how much he loves you. And to the person that's trying to figure this out, maybe like open up the gospel of John. Start with reading one of the gospels, seeing that Jesus laid down his life for you. Or come to a city group. Come experience Christ-centered community where we like speak the gospel over each other when we're struggling. But like wherever you are today, can I just like plead with you to make it your top priority to uh, just like dive into his love regularly because you can't love if you're not plugged in to the source like God loves you so much and today we get to take communion and we get to remember this we get to remember the the body that was broken for us and the blood that was shed for us so we're going to do that for the next couple minutes Um, and so uh, we're going to have people standing up here, and if you guys want to take the bread, you'll dip it into the cup, and then uh, take it back to your seat. We like to take it as a family, and so if you're a believer, we'd encourage you to do that. If, if you're not a believer, we encourage you to stay in your seat, um, but we're going to do that for the next minute, next few minutes, so I'm going to pray.